I thought what I did was good enough, but it was really tight in the box. It was like exactly the right size. And so that was the other thing. It needed to have some padding in between the box and the other. Welcome to the Beat Around the Bench podcast. Podcast about woodworking, good times, and general jackassery. With your hosts, Jess of Jess Building, Colton of Colt Crit, and Ross of RNC Woodworking and Design. You can find us all on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Now for today's episode, episode 25, Total Recall. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. I appreciate it. Gentlemen. <laughs> there we go. Just Total <laughs> Recall. So that's one that oh. I've actually seen out of all these, though. Okay, so I, did, I the, like that one. did the third boob, was that not the best part of the whole movie was the third boob? That and, and the hand wave. Yes. Like, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that yep. movie. Yeah. It's a great one. It is. No seat. I figured for the for the 25th episode, the fact that we've been doing this now for 25 weeks yep. with, you know, give or take two that we missed, but it's, it's pretty astounding that we made it this far. Most yep. places don't. Most episodes or uh, podcasts don't make it past like four. So is it, is it 25? This is 25th. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. You know what? You're right. You're right. You know what? I, yeah. I'm ready for 125 too. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's bring keep it going. on. Yeah. And that comes. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. So you're good. Obviously, as you know, I just got back into posting again. Yes. And, um, and it was an epic one. I, I will commend you, sir. Yeah. Oh, if that you. is the way all your posts go, no wonder you like expect, like explode all over TikTok. And <laughs> if that's how it goes, we need to put you in charge of all the social media. Oh man. No, 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 no. You're way more diligent than I am. Uh, we all know that, <laughs> but, um, it, it felt so good getting back into it, man. Um, but yeah. So, uh, oh, what else was I gonna say on that? I feel yeah. like you're more of a character than me for sure. But uh, when my wife, I the mullet alone. The, is I, a when I saw your hair, my <laughs> wife was like, "Look at his hair!" And I was like, "I it know luscious. it should have its own show. Like we put like little eyeballs mm-hmm. in it and it talks. It's freaking amazing." Mm-hmm. Oh, no Stop. wonder Bubs loved to crawl in there. I know. Oh, rest in peace, Bubs. Oh man. Oh, I wish she was still around. It's all right. He'll be all right. Yeah. Uh, well, in yeah. heaven and duck heaven or and, whatever. Or the, the, mm-hmm. or the swimming laps in the pond. All yeah. the bread he could eat. God. Yeah. But uh, Ross, seeing those stickers, man. Um, I don't don't know where they you, look awesome? Yeah. I don't know where you got those. They, they sticker look. Sticker mule. What, what is it? Oh, oh, sticker, sticker mule. mule. Uh, I think I've used them for something. Or at least I, that might have been where we got our stickers. But we got ours on a roll. Right. Okay. And so they're not they're not fancy. You just carry the roller and you cut cut one off. Yeah. But so, um, uh, I designed them all in Canva on my phone and sent them over to Sticker Mule, and they were there like a week later. Yeah, that's fantastic. Very nice. Canva's really good for yeah, some things. Good. I don't know about. I I found some things that it does do, but I really love Canva. We use it every day. So mm-hmm. hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag <laughs> not sponsored. Pretty great. So yeah. boys, what's going on? What's what's exciting? What about you? So let's hear about this case of stuff in your room. I think everybody wants oh, to hear about. Uh, it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So I I am on the road right now for my day job, and when I travel to different markets, because I cover, I tell people my territory is the Louisiana Purchase. I cover from North Dakota down to Louisiana, and everything in between, with the exception of Texas. 
and oh that sucks so bad i know I uh, we have a guy that's dedicated just to texas because it's such a beast in and of itself but uh overall i travel with this case it's a pelican case like a hard-sided case and i have 18 bottles of whiskey that i travel with and that way whenever i i fly into a market i have exactly what i need to be able to sample people out and i go right to accounts and start start working because a lot of times i would fly into markets and then i would have to go to our distributor and they'd be like oh we forgot to pull stuff or we're out of stock and half the stuff so i just couldn't sell it so it was like a week of wasted time when i couldn't get everything so I get into Minneapolis today, and for some reason, they opened up my case uh, in baggage handling. And then when they put it on the conveyor belt to come out from plane side to, to me, they put it on its top. So all the bottles were upside down. And I have a bottle of 10-year-old straight wheat whiskey that is 110 proof that dumped completely out into my case. And I have it, I have my case open right oh, now to try and air man. out for tomorrow, but I am getting uh, a contact high like you wouldn't believe right now. Well, I mean, so. did you? <laughs> if I get loopy throughout the show, that would be why. So, oh, dude, I mean, that... did you suck it out of the foam? I mean, or what? So does it not? So I'm letting the foam kind of dry out a little bit. I am going to oh. have to squeegee it out or squeeze it out a little later, but like. There's nothing I can do. Does it? I mean, what did it uh, not have a, it, a a screw on thing? It was like a cork or something, huh? No, all of all of our bottles are corks. Okay, so that stinks, man. It just it is what it is. I gotta send you oh, another one. Man. So uh, I'm gonna see if I can pick up one this week when I'm here in market. But if not, I have some extras back at home. Uh, but I unfortunately don't have it here, so I just have a hundred and ten dollar bottle, well, hundred and fifteen dollar bottle of whiskey just poured out for my homies in the case. Mm, one for the homies. One for the yep. homies. Hey, I, I had a question for you on that. Um, so out of those 18 bottles you said? Yep. Um, which one is the bottle that I assume there's one that you don't pull out for everybody and that is a little bit nicer? And which bottle is that? So the newest one that I, I have deemed that there's typically two. Our straight rye, it's part of our core range, so it's something that should be presented to everybody. But a lot of places are like, no, nah, I, I don't like rye. And they just, you know, they basically tell you right away, I don't want it. I don't have anything to do with rye, and mm. I don't want to begin to it. But well, do, our do rye you know they're wrong? I mean, whenever they say 100%. that. 100%. Our right. rye is unbelievable. Like, yeah. unbelievable. Uh, so, yeah, that's definitely one. But there's a new one we have. It is our Cigar Cut Island Blend. So we recently trademarked the name Cigar Cut, and it is a blend of four different whiskeys or four different cask finishes that we blended together. So it's straight bourbon that's finished in both a port barrel and a sherry barrel, some rye that was finished in rum cask barrels, and then wheat whiskey that was finished in sauterne cask barrels. And the blend of it, I'm not going to lie, it literally, it literally just hit the market within the last week or so. People are going to be getting pregnant. This whiskey is ridiculous. Uh, too funny. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't even know what a sautern barrel is. Yeah, I, but, didn't, I um, didn't know what that meant either. It, it, uh, it's not like something I need to try. It is a very fancy wine liqueur cordial type barrel, if you will. A cordial barrel. Gotcha. Uh, will that be but uh, it is, distributed it, to Texas? 
Yeah, they just got 300 cases, so should be should be available all over the place. All right, I'll, I'll check it out. But it's going to run you about, about 30. Does, some, right. does yep. somebody you know else have something called Cigar Cut? Or did I, I don't know, I feel like I've just heard that. So there is a cigar blend uh, from Dalmore, which is a single malt. It has a huge uh, deer on the front. And then there is Jay McKenna, who has a cigar, it's their cigar blend, but ours is called the Cigar Cut. So gotcha. And the idea is every cigar is very different and they also change flavor throughout the smoke of that cigar. So the idea is some aspect of this whiskey will pair with any aspect of any cigar that you're pairing it with. Interesting. So, okay. That was my next question actually is like why, why it's called the cigar. That's yeah, so. pretty yep. cool. Good. Yeah. Very good. Already into whiskey talk. I know that's how <laughs> we do it here. I know. Um, but, I, I guess I can switch it up as long as we're switching things. And I can tell mm-hmm. you what I worked on for the limited amount of shop time I had this week. Please do. Yep. What is that? So uh, on, I, I got back into town on Thursday last week, very late at night. It was a horrendous flight issue. Ended up the same customer that I had done all the dusty fart wood projects for uh, has started doing some, some Bible study uh, stuff at Great Lakes Navy base in Chicagoland. And really they cool. apparently have these these cards that are information cards. So when all these sailors go to whatever base they're going to all over the world, this is an information card of like, this is the address of the, the Bible study at whatever base you're going to, which is cool to have. But yeah. they normally just have them laid out on the table. And it's a big mess when the guys are trying to like come in and out of the room and, and all that stuff. So they asked me if I could create some sort of a stand for all these cards as well as some business cards for the people leading the Bible study, which sounds good. Uh, I have not made projects with tiny pieces in a long time. <laughs> and mm. I was, I told the the customer, I was like two of these, I can pound this out in like four hours. Not a problem. It's been two and a half days. I finished the build today with like, six minutes before to go before I had to head to the airport to come here to Minnesota. But I got both of them built out. Uh, if you look at my stories today, you can see what they look like. However, I will say it took me so much longer than it should have because I am just not used to working with quarter inch thick or eighth inch, eighth inch thick lumber, as well as tiny parts to fit around like business cards and this and that I'm used to like slabs, like I need oh. something that I can beat the hell out of. Yeah. I'm not used to doing this little tiny stuff and it took me so much longer and I will be the first to admit I was rushing stuff. It doesn't look as professional as it could, but he told me just needs to be plywood, make it functional. I don't need it to look real nice. So it's done. I just need to stain it and seal it. Little, so. little stuff. Usually like if you're off just the smidge, you see it like so much more than with a big piece. Yep. And it's, yeah, it's very hard to deal with. I agree. Mm-hmm. Wait, but I many, did find a these... use. Oh, so you got I No, no, go ahead. No, you found a use for something? Yeah, I found a use. I don't know if you guys remember. I happened to order a while ago. Veritas was having, uh, or Lee Valley was having a B-stock sale. And I ordered what I thought was going to be a spoke shave. And it was normally supposed to be like $150 spoke shave. And they had it on sale for like $35. And I was like, oh my God, totally going to order that. If it's a Veritas product, it's going to be amazing. 
And for that price, you can't beat it. And it came in, and I'm not kidding you, it is the size of my pinky finger. What? <laughs> it is a micro tool. It looked and a lot bigger online, right? <laughs> it it 100% looked a lot bigger yeah. online. Oh, man. And it, it came yeah. in, and I was like, what the hell am I going to use this thing for? As I said, I build massive pieces of furniture. Like, where am I going to use this thing? And I had no idea. Even just holding it, I feel like <laughs> I'm like it. holding a toothpick on both sides, like trying to work on something. But yeah. I ended up being able to use it on this tiny little piece to round over all the edges because it was too small to be able to put on my router table or to use a full speed router. Like it would have just torn up everything. But using this tiny little spoke shave, I felt like an idiot using doll furniture to try and like dress things up. But I'm just, you know, using this tiny little spoke shave to round over the edges and my big ass, it just, it looks so odd. I felt like, yeah. 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 So I got some questions for you on these. uh, You said they're like flyers, right? That you're making stands for. Yeah. They're basically like three by five cards are slightly bigger than that, but yeah. Oh, oh, so, so it's like a business card holder almost is what you're making almost yeah but it's stadium style so that you can see each of the the bases they're going to stadium so, style th- uh sorry like I'm- stadium seating style so the way stadium seats are like just above oh, the next so-, so there's no blocked line of sight oh so there's a lot of these cards on the same yeah so there's piece. nine oh, okay. of these different cards and then business cards up on top of the whole thing so in total 12 different holders for cards of whatever kind okay so that's a lot more complicated than i was thinking originally because uh originally like so i made a little phone stand like uh for next to my cnc it's where i keep my phone it has this charger below it and um like to hold up my phone i just took a two by four and then took a dado to one side of it right to uh where it made a little divot on one side where there's still a end piece on the end to hold it in Mm -hmm. and then on the uh on the back side of it i did a another little piece of poplar to hold it up to where the phone leans on that. And uh, I was going to suggest that, but it sounds like you had a lot more complicated thing. And um, yeah, I had to make surprised I didn't see your story today, man. Shoot. I wish I would have, I could check it out right now. I mean, well, let me see if I have a picture. (laughs) I'll text it to you guys during Uh, this. uh, I'll, I mean, Instagram's right here, baby. That's true. But uh, look, you don't even need a reason. Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, so, oh, shoot. Here, I'm sending it to you guys now so you can see what it looks like. 10-4. But mm-hmm. it's it's literally stadium style, like, seating, if you will. And I had to figure out, like, the depth of each of these things to be able to hold up the cards so they wouldn't fall out. And they needed to be able to, you know, like, grab everything. So, oh wow, it made it fairly user-friendly. But I am, I'm not used to building stuff small. Like the whole width of it is like 18 inches wide by six inches deep by maybe five and three quarter tall. You did that well. Is that oak? Is that some, uh, some, it's oak plywood and some oak, oak on the ends. It's actual hardwood That's on the ends. Small. And it is small for me. God. It looks good. It looks good. It's not, it's cool. yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Freaking nailed it. Yeah. That's a lot of work. I gotcha. Yeah. yeah. It looks good. Hey, okay. Uh, you you got to put it on the story, man. So that, uh, or not story. It, we got to put there? that in a post so that, um, whenever, uh, people hear this on Friday, they can go look it up and see what they That's got. true. Right, I will, I about. will add that in so that people know what we're talking about. 
Oh man. Yeah, yeah, it really does look like stadium scene. It looks like um like uh high school bleachers. Yeah, maybe like uh at least for for Texas, like uh, a 3A high school what the bleachers look like on each side. I guess probably nowadays a 2A high school what their what their bleachers would look like. It um do, do y'all use the do y'all states use the the A system for your no, high schools? I don't know. I haven't been in high school in a while. um i believe we do uh i couldn't i believe my alma mater is a 4a school i don't know if that's bigger or smaller i think it's the the more a's is larger yes so 10 all right cool and it has to do with how many kids are in the school right or in the school district yeah yeah uh, that that's absolutely what it's based on is how many kids are in the in the school um but yes, these absolutely look like bleachers. Like this is this is way more complicated than I was picturing. Yeah, it was more complicated like than describing. I was picturing. That looks good. I'm impressed. Yeah, I bet you wish you had a CNC when you're cutting that shit out. Boy, howdy, stuff out. I ever. Excuse me. Yep. Yeah. I've been looking. It's funny because I've been looking at like. <laughs> excuse myself. By the way, your um your your dogs showed up today. Uh and yeah yeah they look. Oh, oh, the, the, uh, the dog inlays that we were talking about yeah, last week. They, they look yeah. perfect, perfect, perfect. We did a little unboxing. Really? Thing. Yeah. Buddy, oh, buddy's in it. So we'll see. We'll see if that nice. does. Yeah. So, um, Jess, I don't know. I haven't talked to you about it yet. So I don't know if you're confused by the extra box being stuffed in there. Right? Did you did you notice that when you're unboxing it, or did Not someone it. else unbox it? You threw it out, didn't you? I d- I wasn't confused why. All right, so uh, the extra box in there. Um, so this sounds like a uh, a spoiler, but you know what? Hopefully, we have this video posted by Friday, anyways. But even if not, everyone who's listening's got a little insight to it. So, um, Jess, uh, like per request, I filmed everything that we did and like uh which from my side is pretty easy it's just a bunch of cnc work right like a laser on 20 plus dog faces and then i cut them out with the cnc and then um i i do this whole thing in the video where i package them up real softly and use like some like bubble wrap and things right the dusty and bubble then, like, wrap I, yes yeah and then i <laughs> way to call them out yeah it actually Wait, how do you know it's, it's dusty? Because it was dusty. Because it came with dust. Oh, came, oh, my bubble wrap's all dirty oh, oh, too. You, you've already seen it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it actually was really dusty. Yeah. But um, oh shoot, I normally blow it off. I guess I didn't blow it off good enough. Whatever. That's, that's what it she, was a lot dustier before it. That's got what she packaged. said. <laughs> but I was uh, literally about yeah. to say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I I package it up all nicely, right? And then like in the video that I'm I'm planning on making. Well, I mean I've already got all the footage, but I. Uh, especially with it being college football season, right? Or any football season. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, I take the package and I set it very softly on the ground. And then I do a full <laughs> like punter, like look to the left, look to the right, hand forward, run up and punt it. Uh, and, um, but the, the box I punted was not actually the box that has all, uh, all your, uh, your dog and lays in well, it. Well, it was packed it was very one, well. It, it was the one that was, um, I packed it with some scraps. And then, yeah. so here's my idea. It looked like Chris here's Farley packed it. Yep. <laughs> so like, I'll, I'll, I'm going to punt it. Right. And it, and it, 
I got it perfect to where it goes like right by the screen, right? Like right by the phone. And then I'm going to have you sitting in the, uh, like whenever you film, you have your, to receive the punt. Yeah. You're receiving it. And then, uh, yeah, yeah Ashley's going to throw you the package and you're going to catch it. Oh, okay. Uh, That's not how we did it, but we will do that. I'll have to tape it all back up. Yeah, no, no. Uh, but, but this was with the, uh, the box that I packed in addition like inside the box i see i see yeah all right. yeah that wasn't just like padding yeah it well, was like we, a, we threw it all i, I figured it i figured you may not have like an amazon <laughs> box the same size so. no and you know i had to mail so our first piece that we ever sold was that side table right somebody bought it on Congrats, Etsy. by the way sold it on etsy and i mailed it to the guy same day it fit and i bubble wrapped it so much and wrapped it in plastic, yeah. wrapped it in bubble wrap, wrapped it up, sent it off to the guy, and he got it, and the top was chipped. So oh. um, I, I messaged him, and he said, you know, the, it's the top's chipped. And I was like, well, it was perfect when I sent it. I got pictures of it, you know. And so um, he said, I said, well, I mean, what do you want to do? Do you want me to just give you some money back, or I can send you another top because we had an extra top. And he's like, just send me another top. He's like, I was like, if you don't mind changing it. So uh, he's like, no, no, I, I, I'm okay. I, I can change it. So uh, I sent him another top. And so is he sending the other one back? No, I don't want him to send the other one back. I said, you can keep the other one, and and you can do, you know, make some coasters out of it. And he said, actually, my dad's a woodworker, so he appreciated it. That's why he bought it. And he said, I'm sure he'll turn it into something. So um, there you go. But it I just, was trying to find a box that was a little over 20 by 20 to, and then like maybe like two or three inches high and try to, uh, there was like, it was, didn't happen. So I did have some boxes that were like 21 by 16. So I cut them and then like put them together and made a box. So, um, I, I, I'm assuming he got it. Okay. It got delivered. So and he didn't say anything. So hopefully it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, n- no news is good news when it comes to that. But right. I also, I do have a suggestion for you, though. Um, as far as, like, edges being bent or, like, like um, hit, like, as they're being yeah. shipped. Um, like, there's these, uh, it's, like, really thick cardboard, and they're, like, long. Yep. Like, it looks like angle iron. Yep. Right? Yep. And um, I, the I'll corner use strips. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I'll, I'll use yeah. some of those um, here and there with our cornhole boards, like especially when I was using pine, um, which that's news for me later. I, I recently switched back to poplar, and I'm so happy about it. I, I miss how good poplar was, but um, yeah, you get those. And then also for the corners, uh, there's these little plastic things. It's like a little plastic pyramid, mm-hmm. you know, without a bottom on it, and. Uh, they work great for protecting your corners. Yeah. I think, and, I think I'm going to either get, I'm going to get some of those and then I have to find a box. that's a little bit bigger and I'm just going to buy a sheet of styrofoam and make styrofoam corners and like wrap all the corners with styrofoam, like especially the sharp corners that are around the, the angle. Um, so that way if some douche that's shipping it drops it, it doesn't hit directly on the corner. But we were like in a rush yeah. and excited, and I thought what I did was good enough, but it was really tight in the box. It was like exactly the right size, and so that was the other thing. It needed to have some padding in between the box and the other. So That's what I, he said. Uh, <laughs> but uh, as far as <laughs> – there we go. 
As far as the boxes, um, uh, that's I, I, I've always meant to make that a nugget of mine. But um, I got a buddy of mine. He's a, a podcast that Colt Crit technically sponsors. It's a uh, uh, third and long, right? Mm-hmm. And it's uh, my buddy JT is uh, he runs that podcast. But he also for his day job he works for Ernest. Uh, oh, I think it's Ernest. Know what I mean, Vern? Distributing. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, Ernest Distributing, something like that. And um, he, like, one of their thing is, is like, they're, uh, they supply packaging things. And he hooked me up with a lot of boxes. And um, there's different weight to your boxes, right? Like, whether yeah. they're, like, 50 pounds, 100 pounds. And I think the ones we're using now are, like, 80 pounds or something like that. Yeah. Like, like, I, but they're a lot thicker, and it makes a big difference. Cool. That's what you would refer to as a spinner. Yeah, I had a spinner. <laughs> heavy duty. I used a heavy duty box and it still didn't make any difference. It just was too tight, I think. But whatever. Yeah. Lesson learned. So so strangely enough, on the same topic of conversation, um, I got a very fun email request from a customer that you guys will appreciate. I had somebody email me out of the blue on Sunday night and asked how much it would cost to make a custom bed frame with hidden hooks and tie downs on it. Yeah. Were they legit? And I was like, apparently. Make I mean, it, make it. I, so I actually already <laughs> have a four post queen size bed. That's a beautiful bed that's already made. And I could just put some hidden hooks and tie downs in it. But a four post bed makes it real easy to enjoy whatever they're trying <laughs> to enjoy. Trying to enjoy. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a thing. It's yeah, probably sex. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's either that or they're tying them down and I stealing bet. all their money. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're really into like croquet and they need to be able to like latch onto things. Yeah. Hammocks on top of the bed frame. Yeah, they, you never know. maybe they're going to put those like exercise bands on it and work out in bed. It's the TRX setup. It is. You know? It is. It yeah. is. They they need that's, therapy. That's what it is. That's uh, pretty optimistic of you guys. Well, I hope you make it because that would be stinking awesome. Yep. Oh, hey, yeah. I, I'd love to help you brainstorm some creative ideas for that. That'd be cool. Yes. That does sound nice. Do you want to try them out with them? No. Uh, I, no. no. Uh, <laughs> I am happily married, and I don't think my wife would appreciate me just testing out the customer base. That's the only reason? It's for the podcast, man. Come on. Yeah, yeah, come on. Well, okay. for the tens of listeners that we have and the $4 we have made in total from this podcast, I don't know if it's worth throwing it all away for that. But we can try. Uh, um, so, so what else is going on in your shop, Jess? Me? So <laughs> I tell you what. So uh, we got those columns put in at that house last week. The column wraps. Quick, quick sidebar. I saw the video of you making said columns. Hmm. And there was a very quick flash. I don't know what you're talking like about. Like a 12-pack. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I know what I'm talking about. It was like a Conan the Barbarian body with your head just like put on top of it. No, it was. Ross, it was you know what? He was seeing if we were watching. I, I was. Watching. You know what? We were both watching. I commented on the video. I commented. <laughs> yeah, um, I, ca- I caught your side. I could. I don't know. Six what, pack. Yeah. I don't know what yeah, you're talking about. The gym time is paying off. We'll on, put it that on way, a video. Yes. On a video note, uh, Freud. Uh, because I was using their super data when we tagged a minute. Uh, no, liked a video, liked a video a couple days ago, 
And then we were using it on something else and they liked it. And they said, can we use this video in our stuff? And I was like, yeah, you can use it. So that's pretty cool. Tell them. Hell yeah. Yeah. Rubio. Hell yeah, brother. Rubio commented after we did the cotton white on the table and they said it looks beautiful. And then a few times Grizzly has liked some stuff that we've done. So that's pretty neat. You You guys are growing. Somebody's watching. Uh, but no, so we got the column wraps done and uh, installed, and then they just needed another coat of paint. You know, they had caulked them in and everything. So we put a coat of paint on that, and then they're ripping out a whole fireplace in that place and, and putting in an, another fireplace, but like just an electric one, I think. It's and, electric. Do, 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 and uh, <laughs> wait, wait, is it not brick? I mean, and so. <laughs> And so, cool. no, it's going to be like a big tile thing. It's in a condo, like on the sixth floor. So it's all metal oh, studs okay. with Durock. And then I'm going to build some cabinets uh, for the side, but they're very shallow. Um, and Can then, you use getmecabinets.com? No, I can't. I, I wish I could. They want mm. inset, flush, no kick, toe kick, flat, modern. They're going to put granite, I think, on top of them. And then... Um, they want the so we're going to do like a floating shelf system on the back but since it's metal studs we're going to put plywood up like pre-painted plywood up and then i'm going to make trim that kind of mimics that detail that's on the columns and make some trim so that they can trim it out and then they're literally going to run like a wainscot pattern and then the floating shelves will go in between each piece of trim if that makes any sense so that it has like an inch and a half of meat to screw the floating shelf bracket onto and then so let me ask this though because i know you said you're putting the plywood against the are you cutting back the drywall directly to the metal studs and putting the plywood the up? drywall is stayed so it's going over the drywall and i'm screwing the plywood into the metal studs with metal stud screws what thickness of plywood are you putting on three quarter probably yeah yeah, just because I need to be able to... Are the to... metal... What kind of weight is going on this? Uh, is it so going to be supported want... on the ground as well? Or is it just a floating, complete floating cabinet setup? No, no, no. So, like, you've got the cabinet on the ground, but then the whole okay. wall behind it that's, like, eight foot, nine foot high is going to be, like, a wainscot panel. The wall above it. Okay, I know okay. what you mean now. Okay. Okay, yeah. and then and then the floating shelves, there's three, and they're long and deep. So 54 inches long and 12 inches deep, which I don't usually mm. suggest for a floating shelf. There is a company called Hover that makes a very neat aluminum bracket system for floating shelves that's incredibly strong. And yeah, so it, it's Hover without the E, right? Right. Yeah. So I'm H O V R. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna buy them. It's expensive, but I'm gonna buy them. And use it on these shelves because I don't trust any other way that anybody does it. Um, and they're just going to be gonna, painted. Are you going to trust the? So let me ask this. Uh, I'm I'm just trying to think of weight dispersion more than anything else. If these are 12 inch thick or deep mm-hmm. shelves, mm-hmm. how are you going to secure the three quarter inch plywood to the the studs? studs? It's going to be screwed into the stud. Because the, the issue that I typically run into with metal studs is they're basically aluminum. And well, no, there's galvanized steel, but they they make a fine thread screw that holds okay. Let's just, yeah. you're, I understand what you're trying to say, um, but there'll be a lot of screws, number one. Number two, it'll be glued to the drywall 
on top of that. And then three, there'll also be a whole trim, a uh, set of trim that's going to go on it as well. So yeah, it's going to be pulling out, but I'd more can worry. You at, can you at the top put in those screws that almost are like drywall screws that go in and then expand against the back? So that like, so you can, if you're good, you can drill a Molly and get it through the that's flange what I mean, but like, of that stud and then flip it back and pull like from the back of the stud. Yes. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's something that I'll suggest to him, especially at the top. I would say, yes, that, that, at least for the top. And then the rest of it should be fine if it's just screwed into the studs. Yeah. And so, and then that all get trimmed over and then the, the hover things will get screwed into an inch and a half of wood, which will be plenty. And, uh, okay. And uh, they're not really putting anything heavy on the shelves anyway. It's just more about them sagging over time. So um, I told him that's the hardest part. I was like, the cabinet's not that hard. It's just a little time consuming, making sure when you do inset, making sure the reveal is all perfect. But uh, Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be that big a deal. I've I've made them before. And then um, so that's in the works. But they're a ways away from that because they've got to get their tile on and all that stuff before I can really get my good measurements. And they can you know, get my final, final, like this has to be exactly this long. Uh, and then we had a guy walk in today, which I learned a little something. So we had a guy walk in today and he lives in an, in a, in a apartment, I guess, condo. And someone else in his community has this. So all of them have the maple cabinets with the archway top, you know, Mm -hmm. arched like rail and style raised panel doors, solid maple, just with like a, a lacquer on them. And he wants it to match, but he only wants the cabinet to be four inches deep. It's just for spices, right? And they've got this just wall, like right when you walk in the front door and he wants it to match his other cabinets. And he said, I honestly, you know, I I know how to do these things, but I'm just older and I don't want to do it. I don't have a place to do it. So I want to know if you can do it. And I said, listen, I can do it. And I said, but I don't have all the tooling for that particular profile that he showed me for the doors. So I have mm-hmm. to buy all those bits. That's going to cost me quite a few hundred dollars on its own. And he goes, well, interesting you say that. There's this website called... Um, Get me cabinets. <laughs> cabinet, CabinetDoorSupply.com. And literally, okay. they have every cabinet door you can think of, including the one that looks just like his, made out of maple. It's about $25 a square foot. You give them the length and the width, and they make you a door. And it's unfinished and they ship it to you. So, you know, big factory somewhere, but they had his door and uh, I, all I have to do is make the little cabinet. I can use pre-finished maple plywood on both double-sided pre-finished maple plywood, which I can buy. Perfect. And um, I just have to find the maple crown. It's the maple crown with the rope detail. And uh, so I'm look I'm, at the same, look at the same right, place. Right. They'll probably have it. Yeah. I see one stick of it. So uh, I'm going to give him a bid. He said, what do you think it's going to cost? And I told him and I, and he said, well, I, you know, I, I don't know if it's worth it, but just find out for sure. And I said, okay, so I got to find all that stuff out uh, tomorrow. So what did happen today was what my, happened today, Jess, my, I had a Ross installation day. So, Ooh, so those are the best. <laughs> oh, where everything went wrong. <laughs> so yeah. no, every, for every, half hour. everything didn't it? go wrong, but it was like okay. simple, right? It's like, this is simple. I made a banister and we had made her the little door that goes under the stairs that kind of was supposed to just be like a, 
you know, like a push click open door yeah. just to cover the little where she keeps her cat food basically. And then, um, her stair treads, somebody else had done them and they messed them all up. So we like drum sanded them and re uh, sanded them, stained them and finished them and made them look nice, which I wasn't installing. I just, she just, I was just giving them to her. So the banister, um, all I was supposed to have to do, cause she bought metal railing and the banister was supposed to slide over the top of this metal railing. And cause I put a big deep dado that all the way down it. And then I was going to have to cut this one part that was like a return on site and like just put a little stain and finish on it. That was it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those, right. like, I don't know how, I don't know at what point I didn't, wasn't paying attention, but I could have sworn I measured the top of that banister five times and it was an inch and a quarter. It was an inch and a half and it didn't fit over it. And it wouldn't have been so bad. I could have just cut it on the table saw, put some tape on it, cut on the table saw there, but they all had like little mitered returns and all this other stuff. So I couldn't pass it through. And even if I did do it on the table saw on site, I still would have had this last little bit that I would have had to do with like a router or a chisel and the chisel wasn't going to look like very good. Did you have a router with an edge guide with you? No. And the other thing is that, that also would have worked. Yes. It, well, mm, I thought about that today too, because I was trying to fix it in the shop. The problem is, is it's got a chamfer on the bottom edge and the top edge. So it's hard for the edge guide to have something uh, to yes. run up against. So I, I'm going to rig up something tomorrow. I started on it today a little bit and did like one piece and I was like, okay, and then I'm going to change. Does it. your edge guide have a spot to be able to put a screw through it? Yeah. Yeah. Cause you could put a, a sacrificial tall, piece right. that's taller right. and screw into that from right. the inside and then it'll sit yeah. flush and then you hug the edge all the way. As I was driving away from the shop today, I thought about that because I, I was just tired and you know how like when something goes wrong, like just everything becomes too much and it was past, yes. it was late. Incredibly. And I, I was know. like, I, I'm just going to go and tomorrow this will be easy. But right now it seems very hard and very frustrating and then like. I'm going to wind up messing it up and then I'm going to have to remake the whole thing. So she was cool. I mean, she paid for all of it, uh, up front. I, I made something for her years ago, a barn door. So that's how she found oh, me. Oh, it's this lady. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. She's the one that found us at our little show. So I fixed, um, I got to fix that. And it did allow me to go ahead and hold it up and mark where I was going to cut it in the shop. Uh, which was a little easier. So I'll have it all finished and ready when I go there. And all I have to do is set it on. It's already got pre-drilled holes in the metal and I'll just put, I've got the right size screws and just put some screws in and I'll be done. And it won't be that big a deal tomorrow. Um, okay. And that's about it. The whole website thing is still, it's working okay, but nobody's going to it. And we're still waiting on this other guy. They're coming up with AdWords. And I did list on Google that we're going to be a woodworking have woodworking classes and okay. also yeah. rent and also oh, rent, buddy. rent shop time. So Ooh. as it turns oh, out, like, woodworking like a, like a makerspace or what do you see? What do you mean? So like shop time, like, like Ross, for instance, the other day needed to run his, his table through a wide belt sander. Like not a lot of people have mm. them and it takes a, a they're expensive. So, for the few mm-hmm. times some people need them. Plus the planer is pretty big too. If somebody needs to plane something and, and the joiner, yeah. you know, the joiner 16 oh. inches. So a lot of people need to join like 12 inch wide boards or whatever. So, well, especially your, your big ass planer. I, yeah. I would run some stuff through there. 
man. Yeah. Like, uh, if I had one of those nearby that I could pay whatever per hour to run some stuff, hell yeah. Yeah, you just bring all your stuff oh, over yeah. and, and, and rent it out for like a couple hours. Uh, hey, uh, what else did you list as um, as rentable? I haven't done any of it yet. So I did oh. do I did do the research and I listed it on Google as we read shop time. But the next step is in Shopify, you can there's an app and you can like sell like so say you're a yoga instructor, you can sell your classes on Shopify, right? And it's it's it sets up time. Oh, you do it by like the half hour or the hour. Whatever, right. And I can do our woodworking classes that way and create a syllabus and put videos and all that stuff on there. So um that's our next little project. Interestingly enough, they did meet with us about the keywords and stuff, and that went well. Um, but what we did find out is he went back with the woodworking class thing because I kind of told him about that after. There's, um, it's kind of hard to get ranked organically with keywords for woodworking classes in our area. So there's a lot of people doing it, and they're rating really high. And so, in order to be up there with them, it's going to be difficult. So you almost need to do just more, um, online ads. You would have to pay a lot, a lot for advertising. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, or you could tell people about it right here. Yes, of course. Boom, baby. So Jess, if somebody wanted to sign up for one of your classes, where should they go? They should just call us. Uh, and, and I, what I will tell them is that we're doing a little like, uh, where would they find your phone number, Jess? On your website, right? At woodworkstampabay.com or... Yeah, there we go. Yeah, or message any any one of my Instagram or Facebook or any of those places. Or if they were to look Woodworks Tampa Bay on Google, they would find you that way as well? Um, it's At better, least Google search for location? Well, I would say woodworkstampabay.com is your best bet. Okay, Just Perfect. go straight to the website. The contact us is right at the bottom. So Perfect. we got to do that. And, um, it, we, what is the first class going to be like intro one one? So what we're going to do is we have one of these like show things, fairs to go to in October. We have two in, in two days. So we have one in the evening and one in the next morning. And, um, I ordered a banner. We've got a tent and, uh, that's why we're making some of the smaller stuff to take there. So we're going to have our furniture, some of that. And we are going to offer the first class free. To anybody nice. that wants to sign up, uh, I'm, uh, it's just going to be a beginner's woodworker class. I'm going to teach them the basics about wood and how to mill wood and how to glue wood up, how to read a measuring tape, how to make a proper cut. Just the simple things uh, um, about for All somebody that's... base? No, I think, that, I think most people, if they decided they were going to do some woodworking, they would buy a few things like a chop saw maybe. So we'll we'll talk about it. I mean, whatever anybody's comfortable with. I'm assuming this actually gets back to women. our discussion on episode 21. Yep. If if you were restarting your shop, what tools would you start with? Uh, right. I a table saw. I think that everybody has to get comfortable with a table saw, especially yep. if you're going to glue do glue ups and stuff like that. So I'm going to teach him about the basics of like, wood, how wood moves, wood work, like how how you read a board, right? Like it took me forever. And I basically figured out on myself how to read a board and like which way it's going this way, which one's the crown, which is this and that. And, um, and how to use it and how to counteract it being warped and so on and so forth. So that's my idea for a syllabus. I, I, I'm going to put it. So we got that big screen TV in there. I'm going to make a, 
uh, what do you like a, a, a PowerPoint presentation kind of thing for them with some videos. Colton, we should stuff. both sign up and just it, yes. Yeah, show uh, up I was about to say, Jess. Uh, I hope this is a uh, a webinar because um, not for me, <laughs> but for my friend, for 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 a friend. I need to know where how to inquire. Yeah, for knowledge. a friend who's totally not me. Yeah, uh, exactly. The guy that's <laughs> the guy that's doing our. This is how like the stars aligned. I will say this: not only are we doing some work for him, and probably more work in the future for him. Um, the guy that's doing like helping us with the website. Mm-hmm. He um, is the sweetest person you ever want to meet, and he his dad was a woodworker. He has a piece of furniture that his dad made. And, and I told him about the class and I said, I want you to come. And he's like, Oh really? He's like, I was like, he's like, yeah, I was like, it's free. Just come to it. And you know, and he knew what like a joiner was. And so he knew a little bit about it. So it'll be, it'll be fun. It'll be fun either way. And that'll be our, that'll be like my Guinea pig, right? To like what went right, what didn't go right. And then everybody will have fun and, um, they'll all have to sign a waiver uh, for sure. Yes. But uh we talked about that. But uh I just I like hope it. I just hope with all these things that we're doing that we're not spreading ourselves too thin. But well, the the problem is you guys are still so new at this now that you've finally gotten everything up and running that you're just trying to get the you're trying to throw everything at the wall to see what sticks. Yeah. And you're gonna invest true. your time into that. It's literally what it's gonna have to be. It's true. But that's what every small business does. Like Colton threw his through everything in the okay. wall and obviously cornhole boards are what stuck. Yeah. And now he's stuck with cornhole boards. This is very true. Well, the other thing is, is that I do find that like when I, when I worked at that, that other place, we did well because we were very diverse. Yeah. We mm-hmm. did a lot of barn doors, but good Lord, we made, I made a lot of, I made a lot of weird things. I made beds just, with tie downs. Uh, no, <laughs> no, but I, I wish I would have, but I did make mm-hmm. beds. I made a lot of headboards. I made the, everything you've seen on Pinterest. I've, I've made it. So, uh, uh, people would bring us old stuff to fix it. People would bring yep. us stuff just to paint it. Uh, people would want stuff shorter, taller. I would make things for people's specifically just built exactly for their sound bars and TVs and electronics. I had this one guy that was a computer engineer and had me attach this. There's, there was all these, he had so many cables that came out of the back of it. He had found a uh, cable from Dell or a cable management system. And we figured out a way to attach it so that when he pulled this tray out, this little arm like bent in and bent out, it was like a whole thing. So I made all kind of weird stuff. It, you just kind of have to be a woodworking slut in the beginning and do whatever makes money. You just got to do. Let's what be you, honest. That doesn't change, Jess. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's nice to think that, you know, like what you see in the movies where these guys just make certain things and they're sought after and you have to wait for me. That may happen, but I'm never going to be that pretentious. And, uh, you know, it's it's ne- you never get to do. Well, you say that now. Just what deep you want. down, deep down, Jess, we all are just a bunch of whores. So. We are. We are. We are. Woodworking whores. We are a bunch of whores. Oh, so yep. we love it. We love. Yeah. It. We won't. Quit. On that note, Colton, how you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm doing great. Uh, Excellent. Sorry to also keep it on the last note. So, Jess, you've made a a, um, a boatload. A boatload. There we go. That's a good word for it. A boatload of barn doors. Correct. A boatload, 
Uh, yeah. yeah, probably a couple hundred. Yeah, I think that's a lot. A lot. So there was um one guy that uh, you know after the video we talked about me or me putting out for us whatever um on TikTok that uh, his name's Mike. He um he made a barn door. Oh my god, like, Mike from TikTok. Yeah, my I I didn't want to say his last name. Like, like his, his, he his has name. a last name. This isn't just like Mike from TikTok. That's like saying, <laughs> "Oh my God, have you seen that other band, John?" Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, his username is his full name. I I, I figured it, I might give him some like okay. uh, some deniable love. plausibility. I guess okay. to, to our reckoning, <laughs> in case he doesn't like it. But um, so uh, most likely. So he has some some pities, right? Some pit bulls, and just like uh, you know, we got our pity text, right? And um, mm-hmm. he had this uh, dog door. <laughs> Is that a dog howling text? <laughs> I just called text. Oh um. So um, yeah, he has this barn door, but it was like a mini barn door for a dog door, right? You know, like where like the one that like slides over, yeah, right? That's, that's not a bad idea. And, I like it. And uh, it like slid over in front, but it was really well done. And it was um, one of his top videos. It was one of his pinned videos. And he was one of the guys who commented today. Yeah, name's Mike. And um, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. That is pretty I neat. Was like, I was like, man, if I ever. So we just recently installed a dog door for our house, but we did it on like um, like a separate back door that like goes through the laundry room. Right. And so we can still control the flow of the dogs. Right. Both Tex and Diesel. And, um, but yeah, if we ever did like a barn door on like a wall or not a barn door, a dog door on a wall, a barn door would be a good fix for that. They make some really, when I first started doing it, barn door hardware was through the roof. It was very expensive and it wasn't made very well. And now it's made really, really good and it really cheap. I mean, really Mm -hmm. sealed bearings, not polyurethane wheels. Doesn't make a sound. They make soft clothes ones. They make little tiny barn door wheels for like making furniture that has like doors that go in and out. When I first started doing the barn doors, actually one of my first sets was a, a double overpassing. Uh, it was like my second set. They went over each other, which I had no idea how to do. And we made our own hardware and stuff. I finally figured it out, but they wanted it raw barn wood, like nasty, rough, raw barn wood, which interestingly enough, it was all chestnut because that's what really? we had yeah they, they didn't they did not pay chestnut prices but um hmm. and it wound up in some magazine how rustic is new again or whatever some florida magazine but because her friend was in uh the people that owned the house her friend owned the magazine or was a writer or something but it progressed into looking more like a real door or maybe even like another one of the doors in the house just a big one nice and white and clean two-sided you know, with like handles and locks and guides and all that other stuff. It just, it kind of evolved as it went on. The problem in Florida, not to cut you off, Colton, but in Florida with the barn doors, a lot of people want them on their bathroom, which is odd, but it's because the bathrooms are really small. And like when you go to open the door, it almost hits the toilet in a lot of bathrooms because they're so small. And so yeah, they get but you rid can't of them. lock a barn door, you like can. at least with a pocket door. No, you, you can, can lock, lock it. it. You can lock it. They make barn door locks. It's like well, this funny you, little you're talking about, you talking about um, the barn doors to like a, uh, the master bedroom bathroom. 
like from like I'm the talking about like to the bathroom. I'm talking like about, we're we're looking at like like I haven't installed it yet, but we're gonna put a barn door between our master bathroom and the master bedroom in our house. No, I'm talking about like yes, sometimes like that, but like the one in the hallway, like the like it'd be a three one. Oh, they make a they do make a lock that is like this it's very simple if you ever saw it you're like oh well, that's that's actually pretty simple it's just like a little latch almost it, no it's well you could do that but it's like a half it's like a piece of pie it looks like a piece of pizza i almost. love pie and it just it just clicks into a slot in the door that's all there is to it and it's yeah. on a spring and then you push it back up but the door has to be set to stop at an exact spot right and the door has to close, and then it hits a little stop, and then you just slide the little latch into the door from the inside, and it, and it's locked. The problem is, is there's always a little bit of space between yeah. the door jam and the door, so I don't know why you can hear it. Does I don't know. That's what I'm saying. It it, it it's all good whenever you're the homeowner, but um, whenever right. you're the guest at someone's house like that, right? And you got a, a rumbly in the tumbly, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And it's a bad timing. Yeah, it's a it's not a great time to go. No. Take take a doo doo when there's clear air straight to your guests. Yeah, you can like see the house the, you're a guest at. Yeah, you can see in the hallway. Yeah, I know, I know. Hey, I didn't. I just did what they said, but people did do it. A lot mm. of people did it. A lot. The biggest the biggest one was houses with kids, and they would have like the master would be like off on one part of the house, and then like the living room would be close to it. They'd want to block off that hallway so that when the kids were watching TV and stuff, it wouldn't be so loud. Um, I, we got that a lot, but some people Wait, just want to want to have one. Actually, I, I did see a solution to that. So, um, uh, Kyle Livingston, he's, he's my uncle, right. And he's gonna, um, we, we, we've talked about him before. Um, he's going to be on this. He's the one who does the, uh, the, the horse training for the underprivileged, right? Yes, exactly. And, um, yeah, yeah uh, up in Tulsa. Yeah. Um, yep. I was trying to get him on for today, but, um, is um my nephew's or no no he's my cousin sorry my cousin's birthday was today which is his son oh happy but, birthday um, to your cousin yeah happy birthday matthew yep and um but yeah so uh they their little wood shop in there um i don't call it little but their, their wood shop they uh they have barn doors on they have a huge warehouse right and then they have a few sections off to the side and one of the sections of the wood shop and they um have barn doors on it, but uh, they, um, I assume it's for more dust than anything like purveying dust from getting in the main area, but they had, um, like, uh, the, the poly or whatever, some sort of plastic like seals on it and, um, like around this barn door. And so that air can escape, um, or dust. Um, yeah. When it's closed. I know it sounds strange, but what if you were to put, you know, the, the dust hood that you can have on your CNC that like, it's right. just those nylon brushes, brushes. Could you have mm-hmm. something like that put on the barn door? Obviously it would brush against the wall every time it opened and closed, but like it also would seal everything overall. Yeah. So they make a barn door track and you, you, you has like, actually, what's his name? Did that one where you don't even see the track. Have you seen that? That's oh, amazing. Good old what's his name? Yeah. Uh, he does Black, great Blacktail, work. Blacktail, Blacktail studios. I think he did one. <laughs> And yes. the way that the barn door track goes, you can't even see the barn door track, which is pretty cool. But 
they make uh, one that goes, and as it gets to where it's going, it comes in just a little bit and seals. Mm. Oh, and then really? it like touches up against a gasket. Yeah, they're pretty fancy. So it sounds like a pain uh-huh. to install, but um, yeah, they make anything you can think of now, and it, none hmm. of it's very expensive. So, uh, so in the conversation we started, I guess, 15 minutes ago, Colton, how are things going in your shop? <laughs> What's the count? Uh, yeah. Well, they're going They're going good. Um, I don't know. Any like, update on the count? The count went maybe two less than last week, but that's not, that's not the biggest thing. The biggest thing is, um, I don't know, You're the mindset. To, to who? To, um, to everyone, to, to me. Which, <laughs> at, at this point, yeah. It, um, that's what matters. Maintaining uh, my sanity is the in big, the biggest point at this point. The biggest go. priority like at this point. But um but yeah, no, it, it's going well. Um oh shoot, I meant to send you all that baby sign I made last week. Turned out pretty well. But um that brings up one thing is that whenever someone says thirty inches, you know, like but it's my thick. CNC. Um like Whenever you first hear 30 inches, like, oh, it's not that big. Yeah, 30 inches, like, oh, this big, right? And you hold your arms out. It's two and, then, and a half feet. Yeah, but then once you actually start, like, planting out the wood and everything, you're like, oh, shoot. That's a, that's a little bit bigger than, bigger than I originally thought. And, um, yeah, so I, I we made this sign in, in a rush and got it done last week. And then it's still sitting on my couch waiting for Crystal to deliver it, but. I think the biggest part is just that it's done and ready for pickup. But okay, but yeah. Um, outside of that, man, we got oh, starting to get down to the last little nitty gritty bit of these cornhole boards, and that's I was, awesome. I was really hoping to be out of like the. Are you below like ten at the moment? Like total number left? No, you got eight. No. Or, I thought you had like eight or seven. Did it go up again? Oh, no, total no, no. with it, the new it, ones. It, it, the the, the oh. eight or seven was for the the uh, the OG orders. Okay, you're yeah. at what like eighteen total? Uh, that sounds about right right now. And okay, I, I actually know we're below that, but okay, I don't know. I, I uh... so let me ask this: once you finish the last, let's say fifteen for a round number. Mm-hmm. What's next for cold crit? It's not around number. You open up. You know what? It is <laughs> if you divide it by threes or by fives. Uh, okay. Oh. All right. Okay. Yeah. Dividable's not round, but go ahead. <laughs> it is a prime. It is a prime number, right? There you I go. Think, I think. Yeah. Anyway. So what's next? What is what um, is next? Because math is obviously not next. Okay. Um, what is next for cold crit? Are you going to open up sales and get more cornhole boards? Or are you going to try and diversify and do other things? Diversify. But that wasn't your, your answer, your I, question. I'm, to giving answer, my, I'm giving my vote. <laughs> I'm giving my vote. No, um, well, I, I'm just going to go straight in podcasting, man. Full time. I like it. I That's think it. It, would, <laughs> it would be, you'd make the same. I think it would be amazing. It is, it is lucrative. We, I mean, we could almost buy a, a McDonald's meal to split between the three of us with Paper the amount bag. we have made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just need all fifteen dollars to go my way, and then, then we're done. That's yeah. right. No, no, no <laughs> we're not. No, no, not each of us get a meal. Like one meal, we are splitting between the three of us. That's how yeah. much money we've made so far. Oh. Yeah. No, I, I'm not trying to dance around that. Um, so 
the way I see this working forward, like once we plane out and finally get over these, like, oh, uh, way overdue orders, is uh, I do two cornhole boards per week, right? And that's just your more popular amount. sellers. Um, no, no, I mean, the way I'm picturing it now is just still custom, right? Just whatever logo you want. And, um, I'll spend the extra few hours to, to draw it all up and to figure them out as we go. But yeah, would two it, per week. Would it, if they were standard, make sense? we could do a lot more than that per week. But if, if, would it make sense to try and rather than doing custom, if you know, you, you know, out of the 30 orders you got, if half of them were all college team ones, you could basically say, here's a picture of some other ones we've done and just kind of have those in reserve. You have like four or five sets of each of those main ones you normally sell. So when the order comes in, you can just turn and burn and ship it that day. Or is it, is it better to just say like, here are the, the options do whatever custom and just like obviously vary your pricing based upon what the custom request is. I hear what you're saying. And uh, yes, it would be a lot easier if we standardized like our product line, you know, like we had, you buy an A&M board, this is this much you buy this board. This is, this is this much, but like uh, if you, what would it cost for you to be able to, and obviously being able to keep up with the demand would be brutal. But if you were, if you just wanted to focus on, let's say SEC team products, how much would it cost to get the official licensing of the SEC? About 29 grand. And that'd be about 16. But, uh, so I only have the official licensing. Oh, well, there we go. You only have the official licensing of what? I can't hear him. Oh, we only have the official. We can hear him. I don't know what's going on there. Um, can you hear me? Yeah. Well, um, while he's trying to figure that out, um, Jess, I, I guess the the other question would be for you. If you were giving some information now to Colton as he is starting to get closer to that finish line. Being, hey, sorry. I, I I just cut back in. I can hear you. Okay, oh, good. Okay. So you sorry, were. Sorry, I, I bumped. I bumped my microphone and everything went haywire. Oh, okay. Um, I think it's. Okay, sorry, sorry. Switched to your other mic. Yeah, it switched out of your Yeti mic into the oh. camera microphone. But with so anyway, Jess, if you were giving some advice to Colton as he was getting close to that final amount. What would you say moving forward? I don't know. You it's, said diversify, obviously. I, well, he, he's, he's capable of some pretty cool stuff uh, with that. He's really creative and all that. I, I think that he's getting burnt out making the same thing over and over. And mm-hmm. it's just not his thing. And then he's, it's, 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 uh, you know, I made all that furniture that I really like. And everybody says yep. it's beautiful and nobody wants to buy it. Now, nobody's, not enough people are seeing it. So I don't know yet to give him a hundred percent answer on that. But, um, to me, it seems like if he went and made a, even if he did have the licensing and made a whole bunch of teams all at once, it would take a long time to make, you know, like all the ones that he thought were going to sell 
it might be better yeah. for him to just make make them custom still, but um, set it out so they have to wait longer. So like he can have enough time to do like a cornhole, uh, like two sets in a week, and some other little things, so that he's not just doing okay. the same thing because he's always got epoxy dry in and all that kind of stuff. So he can jump back and forth between different things. Okay. Hey, can y'all hear me? Um... Good enough. Yes. Yeah, it is good enough. I can't switch back mm. to my other mic. Well, we'll make do with what we have at the moment. That's right. So, yeah. where it says you 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 can make you can mute. Well, let's not worry things, about that right now. Make, okay. So um. So okay. Uh, as far as um, moving forward. Uh, yeah, I'd like to do two per week, but um. I wouldn't mind keeping it still uh, all custom, right? Because there's a lot of like companies I've done. Yeah. Like um, whether it's trucking companies to barbecue sauce companies that um, I don't know. I, I do enjoy doing the custom side. Would it be easier switching over to a standardized like teams side? Yes. But doing just two, two of those per week. And then that would give me the time. To also do Other all of like the fun uh, projects on the side, uh, yes, like like the hard hardwood um, projects and furniture and getting into a bunch of other stuff and just do fun side projects. There you go. Right, because uh, the end goal isn't really to be a main um, a cornhole manufacturer, right? The end goal is to have a basically like a make fun, like you've seen that show, right? On Netflix yep. to have a, to move a little bit further out of town, have a warehouse. And, um, I want to maybe double the, uh, the woodworking equipment we have. And then, um, also I want to add like a CNC plasma and like a, at least one combo welder to start off with and getting some metal work too. I, and I have a welder that you can have. I'm not kidding you. Yeah. I got it from my grandpa and I don't have anywhere to be able to set up welding in my shop because if I start welding in my shop, there's so much like fine dust all over. I will literally burn the place down. Oh man. Well, yeah. Also, I didn't even think about that. In this theoretical shop, we would probably need to separate the, uh, the wood side from the, the metal side. Not probably. You would have to. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Take a look at April but... Wilkerson's shop when she built her custom shop, because she separated both sides and she has shipping and she has manufacturing. She has just a CNC room. Like she really built out her spot correctly, and she's further out in the country in the hill country of Texas. So, all right. Yeah. Uh, writing that down now. Yeah. Um, I mean, that name sounds really familiar. April Wilkerson. She but... is definitely one of the OGs of YouTube woodworking. It's yeah. literally her, Jay Bates, um, Jimmy DeResta, and Mark Spagnolo. Those are really your big four of the people who kind of got on the boat way early and have been able to create a career now and a life based on that. And a lot of them have turned it into more. But uh, if you look at, for instance, Jay Bates, he started out just kind of doing stuff in like 
2006 or seven and just putting videos out there. And he now puts maybe six to eight videos out a year on YouTube. Everything else is just residuals off of everything else he's done. So, yeah. 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 But I, I guess also to refine that goal. So like we do projects like that, right? Where it's um the main bulk of our income still comes through socials, right? Yep. However, um the projects we make aren't just for the socials. Like it I I, I guess the best example we have or I have is like um say someone who like newly needs a wheelchair ramp yep. for their house. Right. And, um, we do a video making this wheelchair ramp and we somehow find a way to get creative on it and make it fun. Like uh, whatever, <clears throat> say they're into race cars or something. We make it race car themed. Right. Or if and, they're really uh, into bobsleds, you make it icy. Yes. <laughs> like they lose every time they leave their house. Yeah. It'd be amazing. That would be amazing leaving right. the house, coming back up, not as fun. Well, yeah, I was about to say, you're not the hustle to get yeah. back up the house. Yeah, but exactly, exactly. We do something like that, and then we're able to give back to, or not not give back, but yeah, exactly, give back to people. Um, I guess they, they gave us the views on the first side, which paid for yeah. ourselves. But then, um, like, I don't know, do something charitable. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to pat my back here i'm just saying like i want to get to do that, that point where you're not and worried about creating something to be able to sell you just want to be able to help people yes. and make good content yes yes it, it yeah it honestly it, yeah it's not about the um making something manufacturable and sellable and whatever it's about like using the power of social media to like let us be at least not even profitable, but just sustainable so, to help people. Strange I, enough, I, I know we can do it. I know we can do I it. Am, I am weirdly at, at that crux at the moment because I I have very few actual customer projects right now. The main projects I have in my hopper are all kind of made on spec for either for me or I think somebody may want to buy them. But I have zero income coming in right now other than this quick stadium card thing that I made and it's like 75 bucks just because this customer has already thrown so much money at me. I was like, I'll just do this one out of scrap. So don't worry. So I get that. Um, it, it's definitely, I'm at the point where I'm like, man, it'd be nice if I was making some money on some videos. And then I realized that I have, and I'm not exaggerating, probably six YouTube videos worth of footage that I have probably over 40 hours of footage to go through. And I'm just too damn lazy to edit it all. And I should really just pay somebody to edit it for me so I could just do the voiceovers and put the, you know, whatever screens I need on there, like the title screens and all that stuff. But I, I would love to be able to just create content and not have to worry about the income side coming in. But I'm starting to panic a little bit because unless to Jess's point, I made all this furniture that I love and I think is beautiful and everybody else has seen it and go, man, that's beautiful. Nobody's buying it. So what am I doing at the moment? I got to justify my shop. I got to be able to pay for the shop. I got to be able to bring in income. So it's a, it's a balancing act. And until I think yeah. any of us get to that point where it's the, um, the OG guys, even if you're looking at bourbon moth, you know, he's not making customer projects. He's just making projects for content. So 
that would be nice, but I'm not there yet. Right. So, yeah. But I think that's a bit of a downer and I think it's a bit of a time now to have a little bit of fun. Jess, you maybe want to lead us on a little bit of fun. Absolutely. All right. What do you got for us? So what are we doing first? Wood of the week? Uh, I, uh, yeah, I think it's time we do a little bit of wood of the week. Let's do it. Wow. 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 Wood of the week. All right. So today's wood, we've been kind of had a little, uh, uh, time here with woods that people use a lot, right? Instead of naming this stuff that's like snake wood or lignum vitae or whatever the case might be, Osage orange. This this week's wood of the week is pine. Good old Ooh. pine. Now, how many One of my least favorite. Re- realistically, how many types of pine do you think that there are or or what they would say cuz you know some people might consider something pine and not, but how many different types of pine do you think there are in the are you in considering, the world? Are you considering pine to be the overarching softwood or are you separating fir from pine? I am not separating fir from pine, I don't think. Okay, no. so overall softwoods, I'm going to venture to guess upwards of 30 around the world. What about you, Colton? Okay, I was literally thinking 30 before you said that, Ross. <laughs> I was thinking I was thinking 30. That, that was just the number I was going to throw. So around. interestingly, we kind of think United States, pine, like there's like two or three. Right. There's like yellow yeah, there's pine. A ton. If you're soft but if you're wood. considering hold on, if you're considering fur in there, you have no. yellow pine, you have southern yellow pine, you have northern white pine, you right. have standard white pine, you have eastern white pine, you have okay. um Douglas fir, you have all kinds of like spruces in there too. Like there's a right. myriad of things. There is a lot of pines. So just to be like really fast, just some that I found, right? So lodgepole pine, sugar pine, jack pine, Jeffrey pine, Caribbean pine, ponderosa pine, spruce pine, Virginia pine, pond pine, table mountain pine, longleaf, pitch slash shortleaf, sand, loblolly, ock coat, limber, radiata, red, eastern white, pinion, uh, western white, Sumatran, Scots, Austrian, maritime, kashi, patula, and piranha, hoop. Norfolk Island National uh, and Huon. That's just just to name a few. Just to name a few, right? So piranha pine. That sounds pretty uh, aggressive, right? So the biggest, the biggest ones that are used the most, right? Uh, White pine, right? It's used Mm -hmm. for like it's it's known for smooth texture, straight grain. It's used in woodworking, cabinetry, and stuff. Yellow pine which is what they turn into like pressure treated pine as well here. Um, it is actually somewhat hard ponderosa pine, which has got a real beautiful grain in it. Um, sugar pine. It has a real straight, even texture and they use it to make windows a lot. And then Chris pine they use for most movies. And interestingly, (laughs) and interestingly enough, they make, um, the most, used pine is not the pine that we use here is called scots pine and it's the most distributed pine species in the world it's used for like their construction and stuff like that and there's also no there is that like a european based european asia and europe yeah okay and then norway pine uh norwegian pine yeah is or red pine they use that a lot to make uh masts 
poles and masts and stuff yep. like that. So, you know, the Janka harness is all over the place. Some of it's, it's, it's all pretty soft, right? It's a soft wood and mm-hmm. it is a soft wood, but, um, can you tell our users if they are unfamiliar, what delineates a softwood versus a hardwood? A uh, softwood from a hardwood. So uh, we've talked about this before. So we have. I, I used to think when I first started woodworking that a softwood was wood that was soft and a hardwood was wood that was hard. But effectively, the way that the species are, I, I don't forget the the scientific term, but the simplest way to think about it is if a hardwood has leaves, a softwood has needles of some sort. So that's really kind of how you, there's a fancy word for it, but that's the way. So technically pine is a softwood, but poplar, uh, I would say poplar is and Janka hardness is actually softer than say yellow pine in some situations. And, and, but it, you know, so it's like a soft hardwood, right? So yep. some some hardwoods are soft. It's like a jumbo stuff. shrimp. There is some sort of pine somebody was talking about, some sort of Australian pine, and I heard it's extremely hard, probably because there's a lot of sap in it. So mm-hmm. um, pine grows fast, and I mean, most of our paper comes from pine that we have. So uh, I used to make a lot of furniture out of pine. A pine tabletop doesn't look so bad. If you make it just right, and you stain it and stuff like that with the knots and it's inexpensive. Um, you do have to, if you pick your grain carefully on pine, that's the problem with pine because it grows so fast. It's got a lot of tension in it. So if you've Correct. got really thick growth rings in it, stay away from it. If they've got tight growth rings in it, then hopefully it grew a little slower. There is some company. There is a company here in Tampa that sells uh, like, pressure treated pine that's not supposed to move as much because they get it from forests where the trees grow slower, uh, add less water and so on and so forth. And it's much more stable. It's more expensive, but some, there's a lot of interesting things with pine. So that's the wood of the week. Okay. I like it. Any questions? Actually, well, I, I actually don't like it. I hate working with pine. (laughs) It is my least favorite. It ruins your tools. Yeah. Yeah. And then on top of it, it is just, I hate to say it. It's garbage wood to me. It's, yeah. it's, it is something that's used for two by fours. It is construction grade lumber. It is not something I would use for fine furniture. However, I have seen some very nice vintage pieces that were able to use pine. It's not something I would recommend, but it does make furniture. I have, I have cut a pine board and immediately it was a banana. Regretted it? Uh, oh. Yes. The 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 buildup on all your tools and stuff is terrible, but... Yeah. Well, I mean, with my drum sander, that's why I couldn't use the pine tops for the... Um, when I was experimenting with, like, um, solid wood tops for these cornhole boards. Because the pine would gum up, yeah. like, yeah. really quick. Like, after one use with the drum sander. Yeah. And it did... Yeah. I mean, like, I made some beautiful tables, and then in a year, they're all beat up and stuff, so... Yep. It, it has its yep. purpose. Uh, it I definitely would prefer to build something that's furniture out of hardwood, but. Um, yeah. Yeah. As far as the frames, you know, we went through the whole using pine for the, for the frame stage and 
I'm never going back. Man, the uh, using Poplar is way better. It is. Um, yeah, Pop- Poplar is a lot stronger. Um, even in shipping, like I had some damaged boards. Um, like it'd be like in the middle of the frame, like someone just like pivoted the box in the wrong way, and the the pine frames would be damaged. And yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm really glad to be on Poplar. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there. Is you there go. a game you have for us? So I have your choice of four okay. games that I will pretend that I wrote. So oh, this is intricate. So one, two, three, or four. I will let you pick. Oh, we just picked the number. We don't know what they are. Nope. Uh, Ross, let's go four. Done. What do you think? Yeah. What do you think? All right, four. All right, four. we're going four. Fork it. All right. So today's woodworking uh, trivia is random and multiple choice. Okay. Uh, some of these are hard. Some of these are pretty easy. I will see what our uh, uh, people that are listening think. Question number one. Are you ready? Yep. Oh, my phone's going off here. All right, hang on. Let me get everything all situated. All right. Question go. number one. What does the term resawing refer to? Is it A, cutting along the grain, B, cutting against the grain, C, cutting a board into thinner pieces, or D, cutting angles in a board? C. C. Cutting that is a board cor- into thinner pieces. Yeah. That is correct. Yeah. So I actually bought my bandsaw with a resaw, and I bought a resaw fence. It's like a tall fence so that I could cut yeah. like thinner pieces of wood. All right. Here's one I did not know. What is Luthery? Spelled Ooh, L. I know this one. You do? I know this one because I actually did some Luthery, uh, Luthery Luth- skills before. It is instrument making, guitars that specifically. Is the craft the craft of making musical instruments. That is correct. Luthery. Wow. Yeah. Never heard it before, so that's pretty fun. That's a good one. All right. Question number three. What type of wood is traditionally used for boat building due its due to its resistance to rot? A oak, B teak, C pine, or D maple. I'll let Colton answer this one first. Uh, B, teak? That is correct. Teak is okay, correct. Okay. Ho, 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 monsieur. All right. This is, an easy, nice. this is an easy one. Question number four. Which of these is not a type of wood finish? Is it shellac, lacquer, gesso, or varnish? C, gesso. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say gesso. I've never heard of that. That's correct. Uh, this is a question I had last week. What does a dado refer to in woodworking? Is it A, a joint where two pieces intersect at 90 degrees? Is it B, a type of decorative carving? Is it C, a groove cut into a board? Or is it A, a type of wood used for outdoor furniture? So I actually was thinking about this while you were talking about making some dados in some things before. And uh, it is C, cutting a groove into a board. That's what I'm going with, too. So, All right. That is correct. All right. Uh, next question. Yeah, well, well, we were talking about dados earlier whenever um, making the phone stands. Well, uh, for me, as a phone stand. For you, as a, um, uh, your card stands for the Navy. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay. Next question. Number six. 
Which tool is used to create decorative edges on wood? Is it A, a router, B, a chisel, C, a spoke shave, or D, a coping saw? Well, a router does that, right? I mean, technically, the answer would be <laughs> E, all of the above. Uh, Depending on what kind of trim you're putting on it. Okay. Yeah. If you are just doing a chamfer, you can do it with a chisel. Mm -hmm. A router has a lot more opportunity based on the router bits. You could do it with a coping saw if you are trying to uh, cope in the edges of trim so it matches up perfectly. Uh, what was the third option in there? Spoke shave. A spoke shave can easily put a chamfer or a round over onto something. This is true. This is true. So the answer is E, all of the above. Okay. Hey, also, I should know what a spoke shave is, right? Yes. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I just check it. You can. <laughs> yeah, totally know. You can Google it later. All right, seven. What, I got like, I got like five of those. Yeah. Seven. Yeah, cool. What is burl wood known for? Is it A, it's insect repellent properties? Is it B, it's unusual intricate grain patterns? Is it C, it's lightweight and strength? Or is it D, it's resistance to moisture? Or it's, it's no or, dad, or, or it's mustache. Your dad has named this. <laughs> or or for the answer. I was going to say E, it's a. Um, Known for uh, asking bad questions to the, <laughs> the Beat Around the Bench podcast. <laughs> <laughs> or satis uh, satisfying Mrs. Burl. Okay. Uh, uh, um, no, hey, bravo. That is right. right? And it's in, yeah. in usual intricate green patterns. There's actually some pretty interesting people on YouTube, and that's all they do is go find burls. Uh, people tell them about them. They cut them off, and they sell them for a lot of money. Because it is literally make... like a tumorous growth on the tree, which is, is why it has such fun grain patterns. It literally is a tumor. Yeah. yeah. Well, y'all said it once. Like it, <laughs> it actually like loses its grain, right? Right. Like, technically, yep. right. It technically loses it loses its grain whenever it goes into a um, burl. But mm -hmm. but yeah. So funny thing is, burl, uh, my faja, is actually saving. He has a uh, a burl piece that was cut off of a wood that they. Um, of a tree they uh they cut down in their backyard and uh, he's saving it and i'm gonna find somebody with a big old bandsaw and cut it into a sliver and make some stuff out of it why so. wouldn't you find somebody with a big old lathe and make an awesome bowl yes. out of it yes yes we can make a bowl epoxy seal it and then yeah yeah hey, that's, that's not that's not a bad idea um my first idea was a uh like some sort of like nightstands or something but um a bowl wouldn't be bad either though the, yeah. they, like, I, I I don't know if my bowl, if my lathe would really do it justice. I got like the uh, the Harbor Freight like no, you got an inch get, like I mean, nine inch throat. If like, this is a large burl, you need to have a massive, massive lathe, yeah. something that yeah. literally can spin like a twenty four inch piece. Yeah. Well, we, we can talk to a what is it? A, a TJT Woodworking, whatever it is um, the guy on a Sawdust Talk. Yeah. He uh he he's a he's a big lather. Okay, I love, and, uh, I love a yeah, lather. We can talk to him about it. Okay, next one. Uh, what does a miter saw specialize in? Is it ripping boards, making cross cuts and angle cuts, drilling holes, or cutting curves? Bravo, making cross cuts Bravo. and angle cuts. That is yeah. correct. Uh, number nine, what is the common name for the woodworking technique of assembling small pieces of wood to create a picture or pattern? 
Is it a waste a, of time? A, is it tedious? No. Is it <laughs> mosaic, intarsia, marquetry, or inlay? Um, mosaic. Sorry. Uh, uh, can you repeat the question? Yes. What is the, what is the common name for the woodworking technique of assembling small pieces of wood to create a picture or pattern? Mosaic, intarsia, marquetry, or inlay? Mosaic. What I'm going to go intarsia just because mosaic is tiles. Uh, you are all incorrect. Mm. So here, let's play the little. Uh, that's very wrong. So it is marquetry, M A R Q U E T R Y. And I think in our first episode, oh. I learned that word marquetry. Yeah, I remember. I remember learning about that recently. I should have known that. Yeah, marquetry. I do right. not recall that. Well, I, I just remember it because I had never heard it before, and we were talking about some little like fancy wood, and that's what they used it for. All right, last question. Thank God. Which of these is not a traditional woodworking joint? Box joint, a half-lap joint, a spline joint, or a glue joint? I mean, a traditional a glue joint. That's just going to be, I mean, a way of sealing together any of those other joints that is correct it is just a glue joint the rest of those are now i have one super hard question throw it at us what do you got and you have to guess what who i am okay jess and this is an obscure obscure tool it has another name, too, so that might be what throws you off, but this is the real name for it. This specialized hand tool is used to create a series of cuts known as curves along the edge of a board. These curves make it easier to bend the wood without breaking it in some cases, which is particularly useful in applications like build building or making curved furniture. This hand tool allows for more controlled and precise curves compared to using a saw for the same purpose. And it also, you can make profiles as well with this tool. A what, rabbiting plane. What am I called? I mean. That is incorrect. Because hmm. technically that would do that job. Mm, uh, yeah, I suppose so. But I'm looking for something more specific. It's probably okay. something that none of us own, uh, but it is something that used to be the, this is before, let me put it to you this way. This is probably what people used before routers. A profiling plane? It, well, some people call it, um, I'll give you the answer. Some people call it a combination plane, but the real name of it is called a curfing plane. A curfing plane. So if you Google curfing plane, it's got the most whacked out looking planes you've ever seen. Veritas has them. Uh, there's a couple other companies that have them, but you know, bow makers use them like to make the edges of stuff like that. They have a right hand, they have a left hand, um, and you can use it to make. It'll have like a profile on it, and it sits on the edge of the piece of wood and kind of rides it, and you can make like an edge. But you can also yeah. boat builders use them to make uh, the curve. 
So do me a favor uh, when we're done with this episode. Both of you need to look up Stumpy Nubs Woodworking and look at his background of what's yes, behind him. I've seen it. He has hundreds of curfing planes, of profiling planes that are all hand planes to do right and left side of every shape you can imagine. Yep. And technically a router plane, it it is the overall name to do those things, just not the profile. Right. Yeah. The yeah. the these curfing planes or plow planes or whatever yep. they call them. There's a lot of different words for them. Pretty interesting. I know yeah. a lady that made a set of stairs and she didn't like routers because she was missing two fingers from routers. So she used uh one of these mm. to make the profile on the side of the she set up a jig they and work she incredibly went, well. Oh it's so neat. It's so neat. That's real woodworking there. It really yep. is. Yep. Nice. Well, uh, I don't know if I sound better now, but you do I was much. having to me- mess with mess with my mic in the uh, intermediary there. But I, I wouldn't have guessed curfing plane anyways. It's, but it's, it's it was something I'd never heard of before. Yeah. There we oh, go. and the stumpy nubs is that with a K? Like K N U B S? No, N U B S. Oh, just oh stumpy nubs. Oh. Yeah, stumpy nubs. Yeah, stumpy nubs woodworking. Yes. Yeah, he's based out of Michigan, but he does amazing work. So, yeah, very nice. I, I've met a lot of uh, experienced woodworkers with uh, stumpy nubs yep. for fingers. That's why he calls really, it that. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> well, well done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, out of curiosity, Colton, are you ready to jump into a little whiskey? Does uh, does Dolly Parton sleep on her back? She could sleep on her side. You never know. But let's go with it. <laughs> hey, you know, fair enough. <laughs> oh shit! The whiskey of the week. All right. So the whiskey of the week last week was the High West Bourbon. Were you able to High procure West. it and did it dandy? See, si, senor, and uh, yes, it did also dandy, brother. Excellent. You bet. Excellent. Mm-hmm. What were your What's your overall rating? What do you give it? Man, well, High West, dude, it has a little special place in my heart, man. Like, you know, it's a, like I said, it's like that long, tall bottle, but then it's, it's got all the Cowboys on it, you mm-hmm. know, the black and white logo. Mm-hmm. I, um, yeah, it, it brought me back, man. It felt like I was in, in old, old Western times, like barging into a, a bar in a new town or the saloon, the local saloon and with wanted posters with my face on it. And <laughs> I'll tell you what, it, it don't matter if you're, if you're a little sawed off dude or big boy, this, uh, this whiskey makes you feel like you're on top. Awesome. And, um, yeah, brings you right back. Excellent. And, um, I, I, I did enjoy it. It, it um, so I, I actually did a uh, Manhattan with this one. Did you hold back on the vermouth a little bit? I, I held back a lot. And honestly, I wish I would have held back even more. Like, um, so I, I made the initial cocktail, right? And I was like, it's still vermouth overpowering. Because like I did like an eighth. Yeah. Like one eighth vermouth to the actual whiskey. And um to balance it out, added like a little topper of whiskey, and then um, added the um, oh those uh, the Egbert cherries to it. Yeah, and a spoonful of the juice from that too. 
and uh, just to balance it out. But after I did that, it went really well. But also, I realized I may be biased because, you know, I've been making a lot of the, um, what do you call them, the old fashions Mm -hmm. lately. And that's a very sweet, sugary forward cocktail. Correct. And so I may be coming in in at this uh, Manhattan a little biased. Okay. But but still, I next time I make Manhattan, I'm going to dial back on the vermouth even more. Okay. All right. And um, also, I mean, are there different brands of vermouth? Oh, yes. There's many different like, types of vermouth. You can get sweet vermouth. You can get dry vermouth. You can do all kinds of things. I, oh, oh, I'm not saying styles. I'm saying like brands. Oh, like, yeah. So, there, are, um, there are tons of different brands within those styles. So I would like to try a different brand. So I, I have the... Um, the one that's like uh, the real, I guess, Italian yeah. sound name, like Verma, whatever. And then yeah. it's it, this is the Rosso, right? Yeah. And um, I'd like to try a different one. I'll send, I'll like try a different vermouth. I will send some pictures to you tomorrow of some options. Excellent. So with that in mind, though, the whiskey for this week is also hearkening back to walking into a dusty saloon. And this is the oh, yeah. Wyoming Whiskey Small Batch Bourbon. So Wyoming Whiskey originally started out sourcing some of their product from MGP, but they were making a lot of their own. And they really just bought product from MGP to cover the first three or four years up until their product came to age. And now they are almost entirely working off of their own juice. And being up in the mountains in Wyoming, um, it's not crazy high but it's very dry so they actually age a little bit faster um, because of the altitude and how arid it is in wyoming and so it makes for a faster aging process and imparts a little bit more flavor very quickly so i am curious to hear what your thoughts are on the wyoming whiskey moving forward the wyoming whiskey mm-hmm. who'd have thought it's made in wyoming no i don't I never knew wild <laughs> crazy stuff so I know. oh I look forward. Uh, wait, so that's it. Just Wyoming whiskey. Wyoming whiskey, like a, small batch bourbon. Oh, small batch bourbon. There it is. Yep, there that's it. their entry level product. If you want to try some of the higher marks, they have a pretty decent rye. But um, if you can find a single barrel of it, it's even better. Their single barrels have been great of late. So, yeah. Oh, so give it a shot. All righty. So uh, yeah, I I we're at nugget time. Jess, you want to kick it off? You got a nugget for us? Uh, measure twice, cut once. The big mistake that I made. Um, <laughs> I guess when you're going to... The reason that I think that it happened more than anything is because we were talking a lot about a lot of different things, and I got yep. very sidetracked. And you know what I had written down? Always, when you're measuring something, to, especially if you're going to install later, always make a lot of notes even if like let's say for instance i was going to make that ran rail eight foot long right always measure what it's going on right so let's say what i was going to put it on was 92 inches i would write actual size 92 inches length i'm going to cut it like make specific notes so that you can remember what's going on because if later on you got to cut uh something off or you got to make it shorter or something like that um, you know, you don't have to be there. Make a lot of notes, make, take pictures. Um, uh, so you yeah. don't make mistakes like that because that's just 
You know, it wouldn't be so bad if she lived close, but it's like 30, 45 minutes away in Tampa. So it's like oh, you drive you. all the way yeah. there and then you got to go back and then it, you just look bad and like all your profits gone because you've, you've had to go back twice and it's just, it just stinks. So yeah. Yeah. That's it. I like it. Yeah, man. Um, so for, for my nugget, dude, um, this one's kind of funny. Oh, it's from, yeah, a personal F up that. Hopefully I can save um, other husbands from experiencing this, experiencing this with their wives. So um, CA glue is basically super glue, right? Yeah. It's just like slow, slow setting super glue that um, with an accelerator, um, I guess accelerates quickly or it hardens quickly, right? Correct. Um, so Crystal, uh, I guess in the last year, she's been getting more used to like having her nails longer. Right. And, um, she had a broken nail and we decided to fix it with some CA glue. I'm like, Oh, it's genius. Right. It'll harden immediately. Right. And it will. And, um, the hell out of her hand. Yes. And that's my nugget (laughs) is that, Oh man. Especially when you're using like a cheaper CA glue or like, um, so we've talked about before where the, there's two different kinds of, um, Oh, the sprays. Correct. Right. There's one that's, that's alcohol, the the activator. Yes. Uh, There's one that's alcohol based and I don't even know what the other one's based off of, but um, I use the alcohol based. Okay. And uh, yeah, Crystal had her nail fit near fix her nail. I was like, Oh, I got you, babe. Yeah, we're good. And um, yeah. uh, Put some glue on there and sprayed just like very light accelerator. Didn't dose it. Didn't douse it and accelerator and, Man, it burnt her really bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, she will never use CA glue again. At least the woodworking CA glue for her uh, nails ever again. Yeah. I, so don't do not do that. I nope. literally yeah. today trying to put on all those little pieces onto the card caddy things. I was I was using CA glue and activator to like set all those small pieces. And mm-hmm. I burned my hands probably 10 times today. It sucks. It, yeah. It sucks oh, so yeah. bad. Um, so my nugget is also on the be mindful when burning yourself kind of thing, but a mm-hmm. little bit separate, uh, this past Saturday, I thought it would be fun to wake up, uh, before everybody else in my family and make breakfast for everyone. So I made some huevos rancheros and oh, my oh, favorite, and it was amazing. I made it all from scratch Did the chorizo. I, I cut up the jalapenos, put them in the, in uh, the pan. I'm grilling the onions up. Everything was incredible. Put the eggs in there, heat up some tortillas. Uh, they're freshly made. Everything's ready to go. Throw it out. Fresh made tomatillo salsa on there. Everything was awesome. And then, oh, dude, dude. Yeah, I did it up like I was feeling it. So, yeah, then I'm like, OK, time to get ready for the day. So I wash my hands again after having prepped all the food. And then no. I'm like, it's time to put in my <laughs> contact lenses. And I had oh. washed for a good <laughs> 25, 30 seconds, if not longer. And I went to grab my first contact and all of a sudden my eye, my right eye just like sears shut. And I start like pouring water onto my eye and I, oh, I feel no. like a pirate. I'm like, Oh God. Ah! And I have to like pry my eye open to try and get it out. And I'm like, okay, let me wash mm. my hands again. So I wash them again for like a minute. And then I'm like, okay, it should be good now. Let me put the other one in. And it did that same thing. And I was like, 
Let me wash them one more time. So I washed them a third time and put in the right one again, and it still did the same thing. It literally, throughout the entire day, as I would randomly try and, like, scratch my eye, I would get this, like, quick searing heat. And so my nugget to everybody is, if you are a contact lens wearer, put them in before you have to work with the rest of the day, especially if you're cooking with spicy things, because trying to put your contacts in when you have the oils from jalapenos or any kind of spice mm-hmm. on them is not fun. So, oh my goodness. Oh, not man. to take this on a different route, but I made stuffed jalapenos one time and I didn't have any yeah. gloves. And if you touch it, you're usually okay. But when you dig the seeds out, like with yeah. your finger, yep. Um, that's what I was doing. Yes. Well, I like later on. You went for a, I went to a the quick ba- wank. I went to the bathroom. Well, Ashley was there. I went to the bathroom, <laughs> and then we were just sitting there, like, man, my hands are burning. And then I'm like, my, you know what, it's burning. <laughs> and there was nothing that would wash it off. There, nope. it would not go away. That capsaicin was was buried deep in my my pores. It just had to wait for it to go away. Oh, it was awful. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, back to back to the huevos rancheros. I'm sorry to take this on a weird turn. How do you make your huevos rancheros? So you- I make mine. Um, I cook up the chorizo first, and I have the onions in there as well. Uh, I mm. then have the jalapenos, typically diced. I should have just cut them. Um, I, I should have just cut them into strips and laid them on top of the tortillas uh, mm-hmm. at the end. But that's a different story. So they were diced, and then once everything was cooking, I basically poured the eggs in there to be able to make it almost like an omelet. And then mm-hmm. I just portioned everything out onto the heated up tortillas, and I had made some fresh tomatillo salsa on the side. So I threw that on with a lime and ready to go. So the guy that I used to work with was 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 from Guanajuato, Mexico, and he like worked in restaurants and stuff. Oh, he was the guy it's... that uh, had the family that made uh, leather, right? Yes, that is yeah. him, Marcos, yeah. He had a cousin that did that and made out a dog. Anyway, so yeah. he food. made me huevos rancheros one time. And he's like, this is like the old traditional way. And it's really simple. So it was, I had never had it. And he just charred. He literally just charred the tor- uh, corn tortilla, mm-hmm. right? So it's like burn marks on it. Refried beans that he had added Dang. more oil to. He used bacon yep. fat. Added more oil to that. Put the hot refried beans, an egg over easy on top and then the tomatillo fresh tomatillo salsa that he had made i could have ate 700 of those things it's my favorite (laughs) freaking so i made it for my wife and it became like a thing for a while and then we started doing it almost like a tostada with like a crispy corn tortilla and then we would like scramble it we tried the chorizo like we tried everything like no matter how you do it it's freaking amazing it's It's so good it's so good good. sounds great oh god it's so good yeah, well, you come so. stay again, Colton. I'll make you huevos rancheros because I know Ashley wants. Oh, it. you bet, you bet. Done. And done. Is there anything else we want to cover, boys? No, I think that's it for today. All right. I was just curious what the the logo on your hat is, Ross. That's it. So this is the uh, the hat Sex I'm wearing. Sixty <laughs> percent of the time, it works every time. <laughs> that's right. No, uh, <laughs> this is actually the logo from my alma mater, Northern Michigan University. This is our original logo. It has now been updated and it's more cartoony looking, but we are the mm-hmm. Northern Michigan Wildcats where the N stands for knowledge. So, wow. Very cool. Yeah. Wow. So, very good. Yeah. Uh, so that I'm representing because uh, we were a hockey school, still are in that, in that point. And that was the only D1 sport we had 
all of our other sports were D2 and we were abysmal at everything other than women's volleyball and every now and then uh, cross-country skiing we were pretty good at. But hockey was the main sport that we were known for. And the preseason polls came out earlier this week and Northern Michigan in both the coaches poll and the NCAA poll is predicted to finish at number two in the nation this year. So very cool. Hey, oh, big week for my my Wildcats. So there you go. Yeah. How fun. Yeah. So getting wild. Yeah. So with that in mind, uh, don't forget to hit the like and subscribe buttons on whatever platform you listen to this podcast on. We want to thank everyone for tuning in this week. We hope you enjoyed every second of this podcast. If you didn't, please send your complaint to our Austrian legal team at Schwarzenegger & Sons Legal Firm, where their slogan is, Get down to business and come with me if you want to win. <laughs> For Jess, Colton, and Ross, this has been the Beat Around the Bench podcast, and we will catch you all next time. See ya. Yeehaw! Woo!